Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 423, recorded live on Sunday, August 2nd, 2015. And here are your hosts, the man who got up early today to record this podcast, Dave Pillay. Hello. And the man who got up early today to run 13 miles, Andy Lowe. Hi. Damn. <laughs> I was actually supposed to run 14 to 16 in the time frame, but I only got 13, but... Marathon trainers are nuts. Yes. Yes, they are. You don't get to use the non-inclusive pronoun there. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. There you go. So one of the things where it's like, oh, when's your marathon? October. So when are you going to start training? June. I mean, to me, that feels like not long enough. No, it's... If if you've had consistent running in the past, you can, yeah, 16 weeks is about right. Yeah, except I haven't had that historical running. Oh, well then you Do you know the have, longest distance I ran at once? Was a, a mile, two miles? Two miles. Two miles. Do you know when that was? High school? 1999. Eighth grade. Well, I guess 2000. That that fall to summer. Oh, okay. Freshman year of high school. Gotcha. Freshman year of high school, the only year we were required to take phys ed, they made us run two miles. I was damn impressed with myself that I was able to do it. I don't think I took any phys ed classes after that, did I? Nope. nope. None of us did. Phys ed was the easy track to a 4.0. And then I'm sitting there thinking, oh yeah, two miles now. It doesn't even get me to the bike path anymore. Yeah, I hate you. Wow, man, wow. Well, good job on your run this morning. Thank you. I walked a lot yesterday. I may have walked four or five miles. Let me look at my Fitbit dashboard. No, yesterday, because I ran for 45 minutes yesterday, so... Yep. I I didn't have my Fitbit on me yesterday because I didn't want to take it with me would not have been period appropriate. Of course, that didn't stop me from taking my phone or my watch. (laughs) Or credit cards. How many of the Renaissance Fair um, people had squares with them to swipe these credit cards? Tons. So many stores had square readers. But I got myself a cool pair of leather bracers. Nice. And it has slots in the da- in the the bracer for throwing daggers. So I went and picked up two throwing knives as well. Gorgeous. Mind me not knives. to piss you off from a distance. <laughs> yeah, so now I've got melee and distance covered, but only short range. A dagger's range increment is ten feet. Oh. So you have a penalty for every ten feet. You know that doesn't work in real life, right? Well, I mean it, it's an approximation in real life. The, the further you throw a dagger, the less accurate you're going to be. True. And an object that is 5 feet away versus an object that is 15 feet away is a significant difference. So I'm looking over my um, Fitbit, Fitbit stuff from the past week. Yep, yep. Days that I go running, everything's green. Mileage is, you know, 7, 8 miles, something like that. Days I don't go running? Yeah. Miles are 2. Days when I teach, I'm usually up to about six or seven miles. Days when I'm in the office, I am 
well below one. Unless I have meetings across campus. If I have meetings across the campus, then I'm back up to like three or four. Yeah, no, 1.726. It's like you can tell exactly when all this stuff happened. It's almost like it's recording your steps. I know, it's crazy. Oh. So, um, should we... Nah. No? Nah. I think we should just sit here in silence for another hour, and then we can do the recap. Not the recap, the review, and then the topic. Sound good? That was my plan for next week. Uh, that's right. Next week we're just going to turn the recording on next to the waves. Hey, do we know if there's actually a beach this year? Um, I think there's a beach this year. Because there wasn't a beach last year. Yeah, no, no, there was no beach last year. <laughs> there was beach grass, five-foot drop, water. Right. But this year, have we looked? Have we checked? Supposedly there's more beach. <laughs> my parents are going to be up there this week, so I could probably get them to take a picture and send it. But if we really need a beach, you know, there is the, the public beach just down the road. <laughs> and the beach is in town as well. Yeah. But it's nice to be able to just have the beach right there. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this so much. But yeah, so no, we actually probably should do something um, this week. Oh, okay. So that we can just do the, the waves next week? Yeah. All right. Well, Plus we have a, a big list of topics. We, we have like 15 topics. Yeah. Uh, starting about three quarters down the list, G+. Do you remember G+. That's the... That was Google's version of, like, Facebook, right? Yeah, it was the Google social network. Okay. And a couple years ago, Google decided to tie all of their services back to G+, right? That yes. Everything was linked together. YouTube comments, photos, everything was tied to G+. Yes, I do believe I have a G+, now because of that. Yeah, well, G+, has been undergoing a slow and painful and and just they they are stripping it down piece by piece as they should because no one uses it and yeah. it is not good uh so photos has been removed from google plus that was a few weeks ago and now youtube is being unlinked as it should so you no longer need a g plus account to sign up for youtube which I, I kind of wonder how they're managing that. Is it really that you don't need a G Plus account, or you just have a Google account and it no longer needs to be linked with G Plus? Or if your Google account is your G Plus account, it's just on the surface, not your G Plus account anymore? Yeah, I don't know. But you can uh, look forward to seeing more of this. It's probably going to happen to other services, and G Plus is just going to disappear. Yay! Now I'm on YouTube right now, and one of the suggested videos yes. recommended for me will, Will It Blend, World's Largest Gummy Bear? How do they get it in the blender? I'm not sure. It's a three-minute video, so I'm not going to watch it right now. Do gummies blend? Oh, man. I, I, gotta, I gotta watch that. We can watch it later. Okay. All right, I need to move off that page. Yeah, so Google+, welcome to the world of MySpace. Yeah. Uh, failed social media. And somehow Facebook still survives. How did Facebook somehow survive, even though everything else kind of... It was, it was not the first, it was not the last, yet somehow Facebook is the, the social media site now. Don't know. I mean, it, it is the site. Mm-hmm. Side note, um, 
somebody put thermochromatic paint on a Lamborghini. Put what? Thermochromatic paint. Paint that changes color with temperature. Yes. Okay. That is potentially really cool. Yes. What did they make it look like? Well, it, it go. It's like that. Uh, remember the old Hot Wheel cars? Like you put them in the water and they change from like purple to like yeah, like a peach. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's that color combination. Oh my god! Why <laughs> do you have a link to this? I don't. I don't see it on the uh, the topics. Oh, he first starts by throwing a water balloon at the hood. Do you have a link for this? It's a YouTube video. Oh. Dang it. Andy, get off YouTube. All right. You're the one who said we have to, we have to do yeah, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. People don't want us just to I'm, listen to, to us explore YouTube. I'm okay. Moving. So uh, I'm actually running Windows 10 right now. Oh, how is it? Um, it's not much different because all I've done is just uh, open Skype, Call Burner, and uh, Chrome. Oh, so you just updated. Yeah, well, it updated last night. Okay. Do you know how dangerous that is right now, by the way? What? Well, Laura's laptop updated to Windows 10. And? Stopped working. Ooh. Uh, it would run for about 30 to 45 seconds after logging in. It was only once you logged in. It would turn on just fine. It would sit on the login page just fine. As soon as you logged in, you a, a timer started, and you had about 30 seconds because after that, it would come up with an error, internal error, power failure. What? Came up with this internal power failure, which only happened once you logged in. <laughs> huh. So it couldn't have actually been an internal power error. Yeah, no, my, uh, my computer is running fine. I had yeah. to reinstall, um, reinstall CallBurner. Mm-hmm. But other than that, everything else seemed, well, I'll have to actually, you know, try out all the different programs still on the computer. Yep. But so far, once I reinstalled CallBurner, everything seems to be running fine. Cool. I'm going to laugh when you go to run uh, Audition and it doesn't turn on. Ooh. Didn't on. think about that, did you? Hold on. <laughs> Are you going to launch Audition right now? I'm launching Adobe Audition <laughs> right now. Initializing. Audio input is not activated. That's fine. Oh, boom. Audition. Boom. I dropped the mic, but it's currently attached to a um, actuating arm. There, that was the mic drop. Thank you. You're welcome. I have no idea what it sounded like because I don't hear my own mic. Because that would be weird. It just sounded like a. That's what it sounded. like. There we like. go. That's the mic drop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so you, had, you've updated to Windows 10. Yes, but I uh, have not the, checked out any of my games or okay. the Windows Store or Cortana. The problem, by the way, with Laura's laptop, which is a common problem with Lenovo laptops, was the AMD driver that was provided was not good with Windows 10. (laughs) Do you know how hard it is to troubleshoot a computer that restarts after 30 seconds? Yes, that would be ridiculous. Was it all profiles, too? Yeah. Oh, jeez. You log in, it reboots. Oh. Finally decided to reboot into safe mode. And then it was fine, because in safe mode, it doesn't load the drivers. Yeah. So it's like, oh, hi. What do you want to look at? I'd like you to connect to the network laptop so that I can download drivers. Oh, goodness. So 14 million people Mm -hmm. updated to Windows 10. 
Yep. 14 million people so far have updated their Windows 7 and Windows 8 computers to Windows 10. In the first day. Yes. I wonder what that number is up to now. I don't know. Windows 10 installs. Uh, 67 million PCs as of this morning. Three days later. Yeah. Oh, that was two days ago. That was the second day. 14 million the first day. Two days ago, 67 million. I think that's the most recent one. Some pretty impressive numbers. Yeah. I guess people didn't like Windows 8. Yeah, no. I got a bunch of people at work who had Windows 8 laptops who are chomping at the bit. Yep. Oh, I'm, I've told our uh, computer guys that I would love to be a, a beta tester. I will be first in line when they roll out the update to Windows 10. The problem is, though, some of our VPN stuff isn't working with Windows 10. Ooh, that's not good. So I told people, like, yeah, you can update it, but you won't be able to remote in from your home. And then people are like, oh. I'll wait. I'll, yeah, I'll wait. Because all the, all the software that you would use works fine. I tested that one. But the VPN, I didn't test because I was in the building. <laughs> I figured out how to do that now, though, because my phone's got the, the built-in hotspot. So you just connect through your phone? Yeah, to test the VPNs now, I connect through my phone. Brilliant. Yeah. Or you could just go down to a coffee shop. I could. There is a Tim Hortons, a big, a, God, I keep on wanting to call them beaners, but I know that's wrong. A big Big beast. And a Starbucks down the road. So yes, I could go to a coffee shop. Or I could just, you know, unplug the network cable and turn my phone into hotspot mode. Yeah. So between the three coffee places, which one do you like the best? Well, Tim Hortons is nice because it's literally on the other side of little... There's there's a literally like a Little Caesars that's about like 40 steps away from our front door. And then on the opposite side of Little Caesars is Tim Hortons. So it's like quick to just hop over there. But it's okay. Um, Beaners is a Big little bees. bit better. Sorry. God. Uh, Big Bees is a little bit better. Not as much of a wait, because Tim Hortons in the morning has got quite a line up both inside and through the drive-thru, and so does Starbucks. Uh, but Starbucks, I go there whenever I get the the discounts or the free drinks. I, uh, I sign up for the rewards thing, and I got a free drink on my birthday, and like I got a free drink for signing up for the rewards and then connecting a gift card to it. I also got a free drink, so I was like, hey, it's actually a lot of free coffee I'm getting. Mm-hmm. But would I go to Starbucks normally? No. Okay. Normally what I do is just, I've got my Keurig here, so I just knock out 15 ounces of coffee out of that thing in a few minutes, and then I'm good to go. Do you have a Keurig or no? Nope. Okay. Do not. It's nice, but you got to get your coffee in the right spot, otherwise it starts to get expensive. Those those pods are normally 50 cents or more. Still... Still cheaper than going to... Yeah, still cheaper than going to Starbucks. Well, that's actually, that's, that's not as true. Um, so if, at Starbucks, if, I don't know, it's probably with 50 cents a pop, it's probably still true. Yeah, no, it's... Because with Starbucks, if you're like the gold whatever member, I think you actually just get free house coffee, but it might just be free refills. Probably just free refills. You'd have to drink a lot of Starbucks to make that worth it. That would not be good. Let's see. I'd be shaking all over the place. So speaking of birthday stuff, yeah, 
For the umpteen years, Warner Music has said that they own the copyright to Happy Birthday. Has it been Warner that claimed the copyright on that? Okay. Yes, Warner slash Chapel Music says this is, that they... This is why people couldn't do it in, like, restaurants, right? Yeah. Happy Birthday to you. Yep, nope. Any sort of group performance out in public is considered copyrighted, so you would have to pay Warner Music money in order to have, like, say, a stadium of people sing Happy Birthday. Yeah. Um, but there have been... Uh, they've been sued about this. There was actually a group uh, called Good Morning to You Productions who mm-hmm. are also making a documentary about the song claiming that it's in the public domain. And they have supposedly found evidence that says that Warner's copyright claim to this song is invalid. So Warner has been lying. Yeah, no. So the, the, this is, I love it. The second paragraph here is great. It says, and here's the kicker. They discovered this bit of evidence to prove that it's in the public domain after two questionable things happened. One, Warner Music suddenly found, quote-unquote, a bunch of relevant documents that it was supposed to hand over in the discovery phase of the trial last year, but didn't do it until a few weeks ago. And two, a rather important bit of information in one of those new documents was somehow bizarrely blurred out. Blurred out? Yes. So they had... Most of the court documents now are all digitally based just because it's the amount of paperwork yeah. that courts have to do. Everything's normally scanned, and you normally just basically just hand over the files, the digital files, the PDFs. So uh, in this latest dump of found files, including 200 pages of just random documents that were mistakenly not produced during discovery, uh, they found uh, a 1927 publication of the song Happy Birthday in the Everyday Songbook. And the line right under the title was blurred to almost beyond legibility. But they heard they, the first two words they could read were special permission. And people were like, well, wait a second, that means copyright stuff. But they couldn't read the rest of the line. So they actually went and hunted down the physical document, an original, yeah, an original copy of the book, <clears throat> as well as a few earlier editions, which had it in there. And the blurred line says special permissions through, through courtesy of the Clayton F. Summy company. So that was someone else. Yes. That was not Warner Brothers. No, or the company that they bought the copyright from. Let's see. The song was originally written as Good Morning to All in the late 1800s. It was eventually given a copyright in 1935, granted to the Clayton F. Summy Company. So supposedly that the Summy Company um, never allowed anyone else to publish the lyrics to Happy Birthday. But since they did allow somebody else to purchase it, just to play it there, and also lists that there is no copyright attached to it, then since it was published before 1935, it's in the public domain. Woo! So copyright, not copyright, happy birthday is public domain. Uh, pretty much. I mean, now the court still has to rule on this new evidence, but it's pretty... It's one of those things where it's like, okay, if it was printed publicly... Before 1935, then it's public domain. And they, like I said, they found 1922 books and earlier that say, hey, this is out there already. Yeah. So Warner Music is going to have to figure out how to get another basically $2 million then, because that's how much they've been getting off of this song per year. I'd, I'd like to see them actually figure out how to get a lot more than $2 million so they can pay people back. For improperly co- claiming to own a song. 
which is funny. Brian actually asked the same thing, so I actually looked this up. And according to the U.S. Copyright Act, it does not expressly provide for any civil actions to remedy claims of copyright on public domain materials, nor does the act prescribe relief for individuals who refrain from copying or pay for copying permissions to an entity that engages in copy fraud, which is basically what Warner Music has been doing. Right. So there's nothing in the statute saying, hey, if you accidentally paid somebody royalties for something that they said was copyrighted but isn't there's nothing really in the books to say what to do about that so i could go find something in the public domain claim a copyright on it and then start suing people and if they pay me then there's nothing they can do to get that money back well not really i don't know if you could sue them but if you had a work that like there was an example of a um, theater company that bought a play from somebody and so they were paying the royalties to actually put on the play. And then halfway through the year, they suddenly found out that the play was actually in the public domain. And so they were paying this company royalties for something else. And so they took that to court. And I think they got some money back, if not all of their money. So there might be precedent saying, hey, you could actually go back and get money from Warner Music. But still, Warner was like obsessive about this song. And then lo and behold, in their own archives, they find... Yep. Yeah. Now that's it's one of those things where it's like it, maybe it could be maybe their copy that they had in their documents did actually have an issue. But if not, that's they're being a little shady. So yes, feel free to sing "Happy Birthday" wherever you're at because you can because it's public domain. Mm-hmm. So summer games done quick is going on. Really? It should actually be wrapping up soon. If you recall, we talked about it last week. Yes. Anything interesting coming out of that? Uh, some of the videos, I mean, speedrunners are just incredible to watch. Some of the videos are really good. Pokemon, oh my god. Puzzle League, Windwalker, Shadow of the Oh, Plots. that was last night. Damn it. Arkham Origins, Jesus. Portal. Chrono Trigger, 100%. They were supposed to do it last night. Oh, I wish I could have watched that. Um, but some of these are just like absolutely amazing and impre- uh, totally impressive. Um, one of them was a race of Mega Man 4, and these two guys played through it. They took different paths. They did the bosses in different orders, and they finished within one second of each other. Oh. I remember watching a video of two guys who did uh, the original Super Mario Brothers speedrun. And it was ridiculous, like, watching them, because it looked like it was just a copy of the two screens, but then you could tell that one person had missed a jump, yep. and so they had, like, shrunken down, and the other guy was still big, and he was in the but, lead. Oh, my gosh, But other than ridiculous. that, it was, it was probably neck and neck, right? Like, yeah. these guys are just incredible. Uh, here's a portal speedrun, which is just, what? Speedrunning Valve games often involves bizarre little hacks, though. Yeah. Like the backwards jumping at the right time. Guy did portal in 14 minutes and 41 seconds. Oh, talk about speed runs. Ronda Rousey, the female UFC champion, mm-hmm. who is a beast, uh, in her fight last night, knocked out her opponent in just 34 seconds. Good for her. I don't know enough about that to, to make a statement. You could probably look at some of the last fights that she did, and most of them have just like ended within the first um, probably a couple of minutes. 
it's just it's she's she's just a she's a beast and i need to not watch that video because it looks like she's right about to break somebody's arm dang it how much did they raise i'm still on summer games sun quick i'm trying to find how much they made because they were raising money for doctors without borders oh well we'll find out later moving on talk about raising money kickstarter kickstarter you still have not done one have you uh did we do a kickstarter kate has done kickstarter well i know i mean like have we paid people money on kickstarter ah yeah because it was that one thing right the magnetic isn't that on kickstarter or no no kate has i don't remember okay (laughs) i don't pay attention to these things it seems nope so somebody did an extensive analysis of kickstarter and yes, they have been, um, you know, getting more money. So people have been paying more and more money to, to kickstart campaigns. Yeah. The problem is more and more of that money is going towards basically like AAA titles, like the Shenmue 3 campaign that started up at E3. So it's really going to things that shouldn't be kickstarted. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. So if you look at um, 2012, a lot of the games that were pledged were less than 10,000. 2013, the increase was pretty much the same. But then 2014, uh, 20 million total dollars were pledged. But yeah. a majority of that was for projects that were 100,000 to $500,000. So not your little like mom and pop no. indie developer. These are large teams of people who know what they're yes. doing. Now, they're still potentially indie. Right, we've talked about this before. What makes an indie developer indie? What makes it themselves? It's an excellent question. Is there a difference when uh, you know? If, let's let's just take an example, a, a well-known name. Let's say Cliffy B decides to go and do a Kickstarter. True. Okay. Is that an indie game? The man owns Epic Game. Well, owned at one point Epic Games. Right. He's a very well-known game developer. He has the support of publishers. Yes, but he's not relying on publishers to actually get the game out there. Well, oh, he's not relying on distributors. I feel like it could be sort of along the lines of the Minecraft test, where Notch just, you know, made a little program in Java, attached a PayPal link to it, and then, boom, that's Minecraft. Which is now a multi-million dollar empire. Yes, I know. So later it doesn't make sense. But in the beginning, that's what any developer is. He is the soul from soup to nuts. I never understood that. Soup, soup to, to nuts? nuts? I, I have no idea. If you already have soup, why, are, why is nuts your, your goal? Or is it nuts like nuts and bolts? In which case, what the fuck? Um... I don't know, but uh, Summer Games has done quick 2015. Donation total so far, $1.2 million. Yay, good for them. But yeah, Soup to Nuts, I actually don't know. Soup to Nuts. Let's see what it says. Is derived from the description of a full course dinner, in which courses progress from soup to a dessert of nuts. That is a lame-ass dessert. <laughs> soup to cake. That's what we should be saying. <laughs> but that just it doesn't have the same... Soup to brandy? No, I'm still going to have to go with soup to nuts. But nuts is a terrible dessert. Yes, I agree. Nuts is a bar snack. It's like saying I'm going to go out to the bar and get a bowl of soup and chow down on the nuts. That's not very much. Soup to I think I would be disappointed. It'd be like, oh, hey, it's time for dessert. Oh, what do you have? Nuts. Almonds. Planters. The 
planters. Planters peanuts. Circus peanuts. True. Kate pointed out that it probably comes from the time of uh, no refrigeration. Yeah, well, I'm sure it does, but still, nuts. Nuts to that. Nuts to that. Oh, Archie Goodwin. So yeah, so he gets seriously into the numbers on here, but basically he's been proving that the, yes, the 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 value has gone up a little bit over last year, but a lot of it's been major titles, and so it seems the bottom is kind of washing out on Kickstarter. So far this year, 150 games in 2015 have closed with $0 pledged, compared to last year of 189 overall. If you remove the pledges to those huge projects, is the amount of pledge still going down, going up, staying the same? Okay, um, there's a one of the graphs here is pledge per tier. So less than 10,000, 10,000 to 50, 50 to 100, and 100 to 500,000. And he dropped off anything that was higher than 500,000. For the projects that were lower than 500? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see, a majority of the dollars I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm not seeing any difference between the 2013 and 2014. Yes, but look at the, the 2015 so far Which this year. we are... Yeah, but that's... 2015 for the first half. Yes. Well, but maybe there just haven't been good projects. People might be waiting for the summer or the early fall. Like, Meyer does no longer sell bathing suits. It's no longer summer anymore. Is that true? Has Meyer stopped selling bathing suits for Pretty the year? Pretty much, yeah. It's July. I, well, I guess it's August. It's not July anymore. Oh, crap, it's August. Yeah. Oh, crap, I gotta pay my bills. <laughs> Damn it. Monthly bills, mortgages, bullshit. Okay, so Kickstarter is having some difficulties getting people to kickstart. Yes. Uh, Outside of the, basically the AAA titles. Yep. Let's see, we've got another one here. Yeah? In the realm of why the fuck. Okay. I thought we talked about this. I guess we didn't. Razor purchased Ouya. Yeah. I thought we talked about this. Or well, maybe we, we just said that Razor was looking to purchase Ouya. Yes, the, the rumors were flying around since June. The transaction actually closed back on June 12th, but nothing was officially stated until last week. What the fuck? So now this... Um, Razor buys Ouya because reasons. Um, they actually only bought the software. They didn't buy the hardware. Because no one wants it. Even Razor didn't buy an Ouya. Well, it's because they have their own Forge TV micro console. Yep. Uh, okay. How much money did they spend, did they say? Nope. The uh, de- details of the deal have not been disclosed yet. Uh, okay. They're going to keep 15 employees. Um, CEO is not making the transition. Nope. Yeah, and their, their idea is basically to take all the Razer software and then focus it at the Forge TV micro console that they have. So they basically just bought stuff to put in their own store, is what I'm reading this as? I guess. Or maybe they want the distribution channels or something. Razer's intention is to allow Ouya users to bring their games, controllers, and accounts to the Cortex-TV platform on the Forge microconsole, advancing the experience of Android gaming on the TV that they have previously enjoyed. Additionally, Razer is planning deep production discounts for incoming UI users to purchase Razer hardware and a spate of freebies, giveaways, and promotions to enjoy on their new Forge consoles. 
They're like, well, hey, guys, you didn't work on that one. How about we try it over here? Yeah, I guess. I wonder how long it will be before one of these shows up in hotel rooms. Because, you know, you had, the, you had like, the, the Super Nintendo controller. And then the GameCube controller. Uh, yeah. Not GameCube. 64. Yeah. So 64 things, like, was the most common one I saw. It's like, oh, that's... Instead of that, you'd put a, you put a forge into everybody's hotel room. And not the fun kind. No. That would be bad. Or really awesome. I'd say at a hotel that had a forge in my room. <laughs> it would get a little warm and toasty in there. I'll do it during the winter. Okay, the purchase floods Razer's device with about 1,500 games optimized for Android TV, but also allows Razer to introduce those games to other Android TV platforms, specifically those in China's lucrative, yet mostly untapped Android marketplace. I got nothing. I'm, I'm still just astounded that they actually purchased them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yep. Other fast topics, or fast-ish topics, uh, someone compiled a list of all the edits that were made to Star Wars. Yes, and I started watching this last night, because they've got, they've got the original Star Wars one, which actually took two parts. I still couldn't believe that there was a change between 1977 and 1984. It's like, already in 84, you mean like the fact that they called it Episode 4? Yeah. Because in 1977, it was just Star Wars. Yeah, I know. It was, it was also, not like, part of a series. It was just Star Wars. It's like, oh, that I did not expect that. Yep. Yeah, no. If you watch the first video, the 1997 Java, when that extended scene with Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Because Java used to be, I guess, a big, fat Irish guy. Yeah. The 1997 Java just looked horrible. Yes. Oh my god, I, I didn't think it was that bad when I saw it the first time, but looking at it compared to the 2011 version, you're like, oh my god, that's horrible. How, how did they allow that? <laughs> okay. Uh, NVIDIA's recalling some shields. Yeah, evidently there was some battery issues. Yes. I have a friend who has an NVIDIA shield, and she was very pleased to see this because her NVIDIA shield has had battery issues. Oh, good. It won't hold a charge. Oh, well, maybe it's a faulty battery and luckily has not caught fire yet. Yep. That's what she's kind of hoping. <laughs> that way that it does catch fire or? No, that, it, that it's the faulty battery so she can send it in and get a replacement. Gotcha. Uh, the F-35. Which we talked about as being a horrible plane. Really cool concepts. Yes. Terrible, terrible execution. Uh, this is the plane where, like, the helmet costs $400,000, and it lets the pilot see through the plane. It is now marked as combat ready. Oh. This is also the plane, by the way, where they went head-to-head with an F-35 and an F-16, which has been around for a long time. And the F-16 wiped the floor with it. Let me put it this way. The stories that are going to come out of the F-35 program are not the same kind of stories that came out of the Blackbird program. No. This is... Yeah, no, this is... No. I wonder how much of these they were required to purchase from Congress. Probably a lot. Yeah. I still find it a little ridiculous that Congress is forcing the Army and, well, basically our defense to buy things that they don't even want. Yep. Stop spending money on us. We don't want these. Well, you're going to take them anyway. We want these other things. Yeah. Nintendo's killing TV. I don't even... What? Did I miss this? 
No. I don't know what the heck TV is. It's It's been around. So yes, you did miss it. But there's not much to miss. Is this like playing Netflix or... It kind of... It wasn't... I mean, Netflix was a separate thing. Okay. But it was it was a channel. It was a way to watch stuff. Tap on the live TV episode, movie, or sporting event you wish to watch. Okay, so it was... It was a channel, is the way to think of it. Or a series of channels. I... It was silly, and that's why they're killing it. Good, because that... Although, it would be kind of funny if they made a T-View now. Like a T-V... Yeah, T-View. Well, I thought this TV was supposed to be on the Wii U. Like, you'd watch the It TV is, for- it is. I have it downstairs. But to to replace it, if they made a new one called a T-View, because it's the TV view. It's funny to me. Shut up. I didn't say anything. I know. So, China is lifting the console ban, finally. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo have to be going nuts. Well, it's, it's not... And this this isn't brand spanking new to them because I know we talked about this many years ago or was it last year? I think it was last year that you could actually sell um, consoles in China, but they had to actually manufacture them in the Shanghai Free Trade Zone. But now they're actually lifting the ban on importing them, so they don't have to build them in China, which makes you kind of wonder where the heck did they actually build these things. My only question is the fact that is China really going to be accepting of these consoles? Because they are, seem to be a lot more of the PC and mobile gaming because of the 15-year ban on consoles. We'll see what happens. Might be a, a good year for Microsoft and Sony, though. Hopefully. Getting to open up in China. Yeah. It's a lot of potential market. So what else we got on the list? Oh, two net neutrality topics. Yeah. First one is um, the National Journal had a Freedom of Information Act request to the FCC about complaints that have been filed already. Yes. Because you could, you have the big formal complaints, like the big heavy-duty ones. Yeah, but you also have informal complaints. Yes. So the formal ones are always posted to the website, and that's like companies talking about other companies, i.e. like Netflix talking about Comcast sort of thing. Yeah, informal complaints are more of like small-time people going after big-time companies. Yes. So, so far, uh, about 2,000 complaints have been filed against the ISPs after net neutrality stuff has uh, been started. And they provided 50 copies to the National Journal. Most of them are all about data caps. Some of these people don't know what they're talking about, especially the line of our data cap should not be our data should not be capped at 350 megabits per second. That's not a data cap. No, no, it's not. That's a bandwidth allowance. Yeah, so it's one of those things. Where like, okay, I kind of get what you're complaining about, but you're using the wrong words. Go yes. hire a lawyer. Um, another consumer stopped using Netflix and Hulu because of the ridiculous data caps. I had to tell my kids to stop using YouTube and other services and stuff they needed for school so we don't go over the cap. Explaining that their internet-enabled home security camera uses up a significant amount of their monthly data. Are they just, like, sitting there constantly watching this video, or...? Or do they not really know what they're doing? I feel like there's a lot of people here who don't know what they're doing. I feel like there's a lot of people who don't know what they're doing. No clue. So yes, there have been a lot of complaints to ISPs about this, but 
just looking at the 50 examples that they have provided. Uh, makes me go, oh. Damn it, people, stop being idiots. I have AT&T you have- for my business, and it is so slow that if a two phones were using the internet at the same time, it would be a standstill. It's under one megabit per second. I tried the speed test then on the network. call your just- ISP. That's not, that's not the FCC's fault. That's not something they can help you with. Call your ISP. This one, there's a race issue. Okay, that might actually be... <laughs> what? Ticket number, yada, 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 filing on behalf. Here's a description. You seriously need to wake up and stop letting Verizon and ATT, ATT keep shoving their dicks up your ass and actually do what's right for the consumers instead of lining your pocketbook. Put more low band on reserve for smaller companies. Of you will fuck over everything and everyone, including yourselves. Stop relying on preset politics based on your party and actually use your brain for once and see what's actually right. Follow-up message by FCC. This ticket is resolved because it is incoherent slash unanswerable. Yep. Mark has fixed. (laughs) She does realize that the FCC voted for net neutrality, right? Yeah, I I don't... Some of these are just ridiculous. It sounds like he was drunk. Well, I can complain to the FCC. Here we go. Wait, whoa. You slipped from Southern to Australian. (laughs) What about Southern Australian? That's a very different accent. True. Anything else? Uh, Um, Yeah, you said there were two net neutralities. Yes, the other net neutrality thing is the ISPs have filed their brief outlining their case against the FCC's net neutrality rules, saying that they should be overturned because they are not a telecommunications company. What? They are an information service company. What? They argue that internet access must be treated as a more lightly regulated information service because it involves computer processing. What? No matter how many computer-mediated features the FCC may sweep under the rug, the inescapable core of internet access is a service that uses computer processing to enable consumers to retrieve files from the World Wide Web browse their content, and thus offers the capability for acquiring, retrieving, and utilizing information. What? Under the straightforward statutory definition, an offering of that capability is an information service, the ISPs, right? If broadband providers provide only pure transmission and not information processing, as the FCC now claims, the primitive and limited form of access broadband consumers would receive would be unrecognizable to consumers. They would be required, for example, to know the IP address of every website they visit. But because of DNS is part of Internet access, consumers can visit any website without knowing its IP address and therefore click through links on that website to other websites. Uh, you know, it's not like Verizon invented DNS or maintains it for that matter. I know In Verizon fact, has their own DNS servers. I don't use my, my ISP's DNS. No, I don't either. So try again, guys. Like, I, I, your argument has a flaw. Well, at least they're not claiming that it's violating their constitutional rights. Someone else is making that claim? Uh, AT&T, CenturyLink, CTIA, and U.S. Telecom have claimed in the past that the FCC's net neutrality order violates their First and Fifth Amendment rights. Freedom of expression. But luckily, yesterday's brief... Uh, leaves that part out. 
companies are goddamn greedy. Yeah, broadband finders initially said that they were willing to accept the net neutrality rules, but in yesterday's filing, the providers asked the court to vacate the FCC's entire order, net neutrality rules and all. Well, yeah, because if you only expect to get rid of a small portion of them, you ask to get rid of all of them. Yeah. Because then getting rid of a small portion doesn't seem nearly as unreasonable. So they're... They're trying to say that, hey, we shouldn't be classified in the same group as a phone line because we're so much more than a phone line. Yeah, except you're not. I'd love to see them try and argue because I do believe there's a lot of computer processing currently going on right now. In phones. In phones. When I wanted to make a long distance call, I didn't have to, you know, actually look up all the numbers for different switchboards. No, and the long distance provider numbers? Oh, I can, I actually know what some of those are because we have those built into some of our uh, POTS codecs. POTS is Plano Telephone Service that we use for remote broadcasts for Western Michigan hockey and football games. Because I know of some long-distance providers that suck. <laughs> so bad that I, I literally know, okay, for long distance for here, I need to dial this number first to connect to their long-distance provider to then go to... Oh, my goodness. Yep. Net neutrality rules are illegal because Internet access uses computers. This is the, That's oh. the stupidest reasoning. I can honestly say that when I first read this, I was confused. I did not understand it. And I'm sitting there going, how is this judge from the District of Columbia Circuit Court going to understand what the hell they're talking about? That's what they have lawyers and uh, clerks for. Holy crap, there is a lot of people. Are. There are a lot of people, okay. Oh, these are all the companies that have filed comments or replied to comments during rulemaking. Ah. Rollings under review, disclosure statements, table of contents, finally, here we go. Oh, goodness, 95 pages, really? So we'll let you know if the ISPs have uh, figured out what they're going to do after this one. This is this is a good one. This is... I. I'm amused. Very amused. Uh, last little bit here. Dash buttons are now finally available. Yep. Amazon Dash buttons. We talked about them on yep. April 1st when they first announced them. And everyone thought it was an April Fool's joke. It is not. They are now available. Hmm. I don't know that I will actually get one. I probably won't. It's like five bucks for the button. So wait, I have to pay $100 for Amazon Prime. Yes. In order to pay $5 for a button to make it easier to... Yes. In the grand scheme of things, though, $5 for a button when you're paying $100 a year, not that much. But still, paying $100 a year on top, or $5 on top of... Um, what do you get for that $100 a year, Andy? A lot more than two-day shipping. Yeah. Half the stuff that I don't even use. Amazon Prime is still worth it. Yes, yes, it is. Uh... I think that's pretty much it. Should we hit the uh, random review? Sure. It is your week, sir. It is my week, and I uh, had to actually spend some time to try and figure out how to pronounce this, because I've only seen it in writing. It's always a bad sign. Go ahead. Uh, it's Thule, but it's spelled T-H-U-L-E. Thule. No, it's Thule. It's Swedish. Um, okay. I and what I'm specifically going to talk about is the Thule... T2, which is one of their hitch-mounted bike carriers. 
Okay. Now, uh, so Kate and I have been doing more bike riding. And before we had just gotten some of these bike things there, which you have like the, the straps that hook onto the lip of your trunk sort of thing. Yeah. But we just had one of those and it was kind of annoying to, you know, move that between the two cars. Yeah. So, uh, I was looking through my Harbor Freight catalog and I saw a coupon for a bike rack and I was like, what the heck is a bike rack doing at Harbor Freight? But it was only $35 and it mounted into my, uh, hitch on my Explorer. So I thought, Hey, why not? Well, uh, it looked like it cost $35. Oh, what did it actually cost? Oh, in front of the coupons, it was probably like 60, 70, something like that. Okay. But buying something at Harbor Freight, you always buy it with a coupon. It's, oh, okay. I didn't know that about Harbor Freight. No, it's, it's yes, they have I, the stuff at full price, but it's like, if you're I, buying... I always paying, buy things at Harbor Freight when I know that I'm only going to need them like once, so they don't yes. need to be quality. Yeah, no, this thing did not look like it was the best quality. It was like little quarter-inch square tubing and... It was the one where you had actually had to like lift the bikes up onto there, and it's got the little like Velcro to wrap around the upper bar on the frame. Yep. Which Kate's bike is an interesting girl's bike, so it doesn't have the horizontal bar across the frame, and the lower bar is actually uh, slant large. Yeah, I have a, a similar issue with Laura's bike. So that type of hitch, a it was small, and so the weight of the bikes made it flex a lot. Ooh. The um, yeah, it was also built for the smaller hitch because we've got I've got the big two inch hitch on the Explorer, so I had to get the adapter in there, and it the adapter was made from some sort of like plastic of some kind, so it had a little bit of give to it as well. So so a lot that of thing, yeah, a it, lot of not good stuff. Yeah, so it's one of those things where it's like, well, yes, it was a good tied me over, but we need to find a better solution, and so um. We went to, I think, Bell's at one point, and somebody had one of these, like, hitches where instead of hanging the bikes by the frame on the thing there, this thing holds it by the tires. Ooh. So it you have, basically, it's built for two bikes. One faces one direction, one faces the other way. You put the front tire in the big, like, scoop that holds the front tire, and then you lift this bar up, and it you just shrink it down so it's holding your tire tight. And That's then you cool. Just, strap down the back tire as well in its little groove thing. And your bike is uh, just sitting there, held by its tire. Neat. This thing's also got a integrated uh, cable lock as well to the hitch. So you, it's <laughs> normally like if you're going somewhere and you, you, know, you didn't want your bikes to get stolen while you were in eating dinner or something, you could actually lock the bikes to this hitch. And it's Very got a, neat. It's got a key also there, so you can't actually, like, it's got a lock on the, the bolt that holds the hitch into place. Um, it's also nice that uh, this thing, even when it's folded up against the car, I can still open up the upper glass part of my tailgate on the Explorer. Yeah. Which the other one didn't, because it was off by, like, an inch. Oh, no. Um, you can also bend the whole thing over if you want to, you know, like, open up the big hitch, even with the bikes on there. I can actually, like pull a pin, drop it even lower, and open the, the full and gate it, if I want to. And it costs $450? Yes, that's the, that's the kicker. For, <laughs> you're paying for quality. Holy shit. Yeah, but trying to find other types of these things here. Yes, they have other ones that can hold the bikes down, but some of the other ones have like a little like stand. They actually have to like fold up and down, and then that one's got the little like tire holders. 
this one's got everything pretty flat and pretty compact. So when I have it up there, I can I don't even notice that I have got it. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the kicker is the price. Four hundred and fifty dollars. I mean, I'm I'm kind of used to dealing with sticker shock right now. I just came from Renfair where <laughs> they were selling like six hundred dollar pairs of boots. But holy shit, that's a lot for a bike rack. Mm-hmm. Two bikes only, too. So and two bikes. Yeah. Some of the other ones, though, are pretty much around that same price range. And 90% of the time, the people who know what they're doing with get toolies. So it's it's one of those things where it's, yes, they are expensive, but they're kind of worth it. Like this one, I can get both of our bikes on that bike rack probably within like two minutes. And it's got just one hand folding up and folding down. It's, oh, it's so easy. So much easier than our other one. Yes, our other one was only 35 bucks. So yes, you could if you just wanted a cheap bike rack. They are out there, but this one is... Uh, quality. Quality. So yes, we, we enjoy it. Yes, that, that, that price is that's something. A, that's a high price. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the one downside is that price tag is... Oof. But if we get umpteen years out of this thing... And it's the ease and convenience of it. It's like a, it doesn't matter what size bike you have. It doesn't matter if you've got a girl's bike or a normal bike there. This thing, because it, it holds it by the tires. Bikes have tires. It's just just right on there. You can lock everything down, too, if you're going a long distance and you're going to leave your bikes somewhere. You just can just literally lock the thing to the hitch. Okay. So, yeah, that's my random review, the Thule T2. So if you're doing serious biking... Mm-hmm. And you have two or fewer bikes. Yes. This would be good. Yes. Okay. I, and I, you have a hitch on your car. Yeah. Well, most cars have at least a spot for a hitch. Yeah. Like, I think I have a hitch on my Prius. It's just not out, as it were. Ah. So. So. Random, random topic. topic. Roll ahead of time. What is your, well, it just says favorite type of soup. We're back to soup. <laughs> That's what I was, I was like, soup to nuts. And then. The random topic today is going to be favorite type of soup? Nuts. No, no, there is no nut soup. Oh, I beg to differ. Oh, there probably is, because, you know, there you are, can There get... are many nut soups. Nut soup. You're going to have tons of peanut soups. Nut soup recipes, okay. Yeah, peanut, cashew nut soup, Brazilian nut soup. Turns out nut soup's in Urban Dictionary. Oh, dear. <laughs> yep. Can can we read that out loud? Uh, these jeans are so tight. Pretty soon, they're going to be soaked in nut uh, soup. Nut soup. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. Butternut um, soup. Well, that's technically a squash. Butternut squash soup. So, favorite soup. I'm pretty partial to chicken noodle. Chicken noodle is but pretty I good. Can't have chicken noodle, so I got to go with chicken and rice. I, chicken noodle is always a good soup to have. Um, I also enjoy uh, New England clam chowder. Not Manhattan clam chowder, but New England clam chowder. What's the difference? Manhattan clam chowder is made with a tomato base, and New England clam chowder has got the... the it's a chowder base. It's yeah. dairy. Yeah, it's got the dairy base. Because tomato base wouldn't actually be a chowder. I believe chowder requires milk. Let's see, Manhattan clam chowder. Let's just look at the Food Network recipe and see what's in this thing. Celery stock, glar, garlic, paper, yeah, tomato paste, thyme, potatoes, clams, tomatoes, clams, yeah. So it's like a tomato clam soup, which I, I don't like tomato soups. 
I like either the dairy soups or like the the broth soups. Yep. Matzo ball soup is good. Matzo ball soup is delicious. Especially um, after the matzo balls have soaked up a bit of the French onion soup. Oh man, I haven't had French onion soup in forever. French onion. My brother soup. used to make split pea soup. Ugh. Oh god, that was horrible. He would just open the microwave and I'd just be like, oh, so gross, uh. so gross. Um, speaking of soups, though, food for next weekend. Question for you. Is there a Weber grill, a charcoal grill up at the cabin? Uh, no, we've only got gas grills up there. Okay, that's what I thought. Laura said she thought there was a Weber one. No, from what I remember, I thought it was just the two gas grills. I'm tempted to donate a Weber grill to the cabin. (laughs) Make a turkey this year. Okay. Now we got every gas is just so much easier, especially with you don't know who's going to be there, so you don't know who can actually, you know, use a charcoal grill. Yeah, no, it's not actually hard to use a charcoal grill, right? I know that, but still, it's one of those things where it's we're trying making it easier for the renters. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is have one of them not handle it correctly and then accidentally spill, you know, hot coals, hot coals on the wooden deck. Yep. All right. No charcoal grill. No turkey. Well, we don't have one, so... Yep. Um, soup. Soup. French onion is good. Chicken and rice is good. Chicken noodles good. Clam chowder is good. Matzo uh, soup there's, is good. There's some soups that... Oh, God, no. Okay. Um, Chicken and dumplings shit. is good. Where, where was that one? Grizzly Peak. Grizzly Peak, which is yeah. a restaurant in Ann Arbor, yes. has what is, I, I feel, one of the best cheddar and ale soups. Yeah, but it's got ale in it. So? So it probably has hops in it. Unless oh, I can't. I, I certainly ale. can't eat it. Yeah. Most soup has flour in it. Ah, uh, yeah. Or it's a thickener. Yep. It's a thickener. Yeah, but but you you could go and eat it, and you should try this soup. Next time you're in Ann Arbor, you should go to Grizzly Peak and just try a cup of the Cheddar and Dale soup. No, I think I'm good. I... I Beer and ale, just they, I can't can't do it. It doesn't taste like beer. It tastes like a bowl of molten cheese. And why don't I just have a bowl of molten cheese? Because that's not a soup. <laughs> it could be. It depends on how melted your cheese is. Anything could be a soup if you get it hot enough. Yeah, if you get it hot enough, everything's a soup. Okay. It might not be edible, but it's still a soup. Might not be what? Edible. There you go. Why, what did I say? Editable. Sorry, I was drinking Mountain Dew during that, so. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we got, uh, we, we got enough. I do believe so. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. Next week, the sounds of Lake Michigan. <laughs> That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.